Hello everyone, this is Josiah Hodge. I have the honor of being the lead pastor of Crossroads World Outreach Center in West Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you for listening in. I pray this content is life and good news to you. The new series is called Commence Rescue Mission. Commence Rescue Mission. If we were to honestly take away all of the spirituality we've had of the past years of being a Christian, we take away everything we know of the Christmas story, and we honestly look at the Christmas story, but also read the Bible from cover to cover, the entire Bible is the most epic rescue story of all of history. The whole point of Jesus is the ultimate rescue story of history. So if we were to honestly, while I was just reading, because I just like to read the Christmas story over and over, right, to, to, for me to focus in, because I feel like a lot of the times in the American church, we say we're, we're doing it in remembrance of Jesus, but we don't. We, we like presents. We, we, we like to have fun in the holiday season. And I felt convicted in my own life because in the past Christmas, honestly, it was just a fun time with family. It never really spiritually de- in depth meant anything to me. When it came to, I just never really spent time searching into it. And so today we're going to, we're going to start a series. It's a three-part series leading up to Christmas called Commence Rescue Mission. And this entire sermon series, three weeks, is coming from two small verses. Two small verses in Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. But if you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to read down from verses 18 through 23. Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this will be done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And today we're going to be locking in to verse 21, section A of verse 21, which says this. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus. The name Jesus means Yahweh saves, or Yahweh is salvation. It's transliterated from Hebrew and Greek to the name Yeshua. This word is a combination of Yah, an abbreviation for Yahweh, the name of Israel's God, the one true God, and the verb yasha, meaning rescue, deliverer, or save. Jesus' literal name is salvation. 
Jesus' literal name is salvation. Jesus' name means Yahweh saves, or the Lord is salvation. Jesus was sent by God for a very particular purpose, and his personal name bears witness to his mission to rescue and deliver humanity. And so the angel's very specific by saying, his name shall be Jesus. I need y'all to hear this. His name shall be Jesus. Because every time someone speaks his name, they are speaking forth salvation. They're speaking forth salvation. Leading up to Jesus' birth, Luke chapter 1, verses 77, Zechariah is prophesying of his son, John the Baptist, and he's, he's speaking forth about his son, but he says this, John the Baptist is coming to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. This word salvation is soteria. It means deliverance, preservation, rescue, healing, wholeness. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 11, the angel was talking to the shepherds in the field And he appears to them and the angel says this. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. This word savior is so tear. It means deliverer, rescuer. In the Gospel of John, John is writing why Jesus came. And in John 3, 17, he says this, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. This word saved is sozo, healed, delivered, made whole, set free, and rescued. Jesus' birth into this world announced to the world that salvation has come. Jesus, his existence is the embodiment of his literal name. I need you to hear this. His existence is the embodiment of his name. What does that mean? That means everywhere Jesus walked, salvation was there. Everywhere Jesus has ever been, heaven touched earth. There's no more salvation than living in heaven. There's no more pain in heaven. There's no more disease in heaven. There's no more hardships in heaven. So Jesus came to bring heaven down because we could not reach heaven. Jesus in himself is the embodiment of his name. When you speak the name of Jesus, you speak for salvation. But not just that. Jesus' existence amongst humanity means that salvation has come to humanity. I love this because we have sometimes made Christianity such a hard concept to understand. But in reality, if we break it down to its simplest form, it's a rescue mission. From the Garden of Eden, humanity fell. We fell into captivity of sin and death. There was nothing we could do to free ourselves. The law was not given to free us, but to show us how actually, how actually sinful we were. The law was given to show us the need for a rescuer because we couldn't do it 
by ourselves. The entire story, there are figures who rise up like Moses, who's a foreshadowing of the Messiah. Joshua, who actually Jesus' name in English would be more like Joshua, because Joshua was a foreshadowing of the victorious King Jesus. And so all throughout the history of the Bible, if you look, the heroes are foreshadowing of the true rescuer to come. And so we've made it really difficult a lot of times because we hyper-spiritualize a lot of it. But the fact of the matter is that our entire story of humanity is one giant rescue mission. We were stuck in sin, which the wages of sin is death. So therefore, through our sin, death was the final outcome. The mortality of every human was the final outcome before Jesus. And so God looks into humanity, which Jesus was always the plan. Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundations of the world. And God looks on humanity not with disgust or with detest, not with anger or with wrath, but he looks at the brokenness of humanity. He looks and he sees how we're shackled to all the things of the world. And no matter how righteous we try to be, nothing can free us. Nothing. And he sees this humanity. And the beauty of it is Jesus was always the rescue plan. Jesus was always the plan. So the time comes where God sees that this is the time Holy Spirit overshadows Mary. And at the day of his birth, the commencement of the rescue plan begins. This is Jesus. This is the beauty of Jesus. Because the fact of the matter is Jesus and God are one. God is salvation. Salvation came in the form of of a man. Salvation is so deeply intertwined with the human condition that when we're in Jesus, there's nothing we can do to get away from Jesus. I need you to hear this. His salvation is really big. It's really secure. You can truly find assurance in this. And the Eastern Orthodox say this, you can truly never be closer to God than you are right now because God became man because you could not become God. And so because God became man, because salvation entered the form of a human body, salvation is now present for all humanity. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. The salvation light has burst through the darkness of the lost world. One of my favorite things about Jesus is that Jesus says multiple times throughout the Gospels that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I think oftentimes people who are lost, we give them a bad rap. We jump on them because they're lost. We jump on them because they took a path they were never meant to take. And they find themselves wandering in a place they can't find their way back home. But oftentimes I see people who are lost, and I really think of it as an explorer who misread his map. We don't fuss at an explorer who got lost on the journey. We send out a rescue mission. So God was not looking down at a lost humanity condemning them and judging them, but he came up with the rescue plan to save them. Why? Because a good, good father does not look down at his children and point a finger and say, how dare you get lost on a path when the path wasn't clear that we were supposed to take? Only through Jesus, the only way to the father, can the path be clear. Not only is he the rescuer, but he's the map. And so the fact of the matter is God did not look down on a lost humanity pointing a finger saying, how dare you do such things? But he looked at them. He says, not only will I send one to rescue you, but I'll give you the map back to me. Jesus is not only the rescuer, but he's also the map to the father. 
In Matthew 18, 11, Jesus says this, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. <laughs> Luke 19, 9 through 10, Jesus enters the house of Zechariah the tax collector. Sorry, Zacchaeus the tax collector. And Jesus says to him, Today salvation has come to this home. What do you mean salvation has come to this home? Anywhere Jesus walks, salvation reigns. Jesus was giving forth salvation before he even died on the cross. Now that's going to mess with some of us. Everywhere Jesus walked, salvation reigned. So Jesus, literally, Jesus didn't preach the gospel to Zacchaeus. Jesus didn't even tell Zacchaeus to repent. Zacchaeus actually repents on his own and gives everything back. Because the presence of Jesus is salvation. The name of Jesus is salvation. Wherever Jesus walks, salvation reigns. He's really that big, y'all. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I didn't put the scripture in here, but 1 Timothy 1.15, Paul says, this is a trustworthy saying, that Jesus came to save sinners. He said, this is a trustworthy saying, and really what he was saying to Timothy was, Timothy was a young man. Timothy, cling to this. Timothy, hold to this. This is trustworthy, cling to this, that Jesus came to save sinners. This word lost in the Greek is a polymai, and it literally and figuratively means this, to destroy, to die, lose, mar, or perish. So what does this tell us about Jesus? What does this tell us about Jesus? <laughs> Jesus came to heal those who were broken. Jesus came to deliver those who were in captivity. Jesus came to rescue those who could not rescue themselves, the people that we would consider to be the worst and the nastiest and the most lost. This is who Jesus came for. Jesus came for me. He came for you. And the beauty of Jesus is this. Jesus does the seeking and the finding. You never found Jesus because he was never gone. Jesus found you. You didn't see Jesus. You did not save yourself by confessing him. He saved you by his death on the cross. You literally did nothing except observe the objective truth of reality that Jesus came to rescue. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. It's the ultimate rescue story of history, that you don't do the seeking. You don't do the saving. He does the work. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. This is why we don't have to hide our mess from Jesus, because you couldn't even if you tried. Be honest about your mess. Why? Because he already sees you in it, and he wants to save you from it. This is why in our darkest moments, we don't have to try to hide from the light. Let the light expose it. Let the light that came into the darkness free you, rescue you from the things you're stuck in. He came to rescue. He came to set the captives free. It was his mission. This was Jesus' mission, to seek and to save that which was lost, that which was on a path to destruction, both spiritually and physically. Why? Because our sin doesn't just have spiritual consequences. Our sin has literal consequences that can come to bite us in the behind. So he came to save you physically and spiritually. He came to save those who are on a path of perishing. He came to set you on the right path. Why? Because not only did he come to save you, he then gave you the map to show you the way. Even if you can't feel him, even if you don't see him in the moment, you have the map to the Father. You could not be any more saved. Hebrews 7.25 says this, Jesus saves to the uttermost. You cannot be more saved than you are in Jesus. You cannot be more rescued than you are in Jesus. This is Jesus. 
Jesus meets us in our mess and in our darkness. Why? Because he's looking for us. Many people tell me, Josiah, I just, I got to get it right before I come back to God. God doesn't even want you to try to get it to right. Because the more you try to get it right, the more you mess it up. He says, stop, stay where you are. I already see you. I'm already after you. Pause, be quiet, be still, and let me pursue you. He doesn't need you to fix yourself up. He doesn't need you to find him because he's never been lost. You are. He's the one who does the seeking. He's the one who does the finding. He's the one who does the rescuing. (laughs) This is Jesus. Jesus is salvation. Jesus' name is power. It is salvation. Acts 4.12 says this, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now let's talk about this, this word saved. It's sozo. There's no other name in which you will find healing. There's no other name in which you will find deliverance. There's no other name in which you will find wholeness, freedom. There's no other name which can rescue you except the name of Jesus. There's nothing else in this world you may try to fill the gaps to feel whole. You may try to take the medicine to feel healed. You may go to all the different exorcists in the world to be delivered from the things you need to be delivered from, both physically and spiritually, but only by the name of Jesus can you be saved. Sozo salvation. You see, the more I started to study what salvation meant, the more I took my eyes off eternity and the more I looked to the moment right here and right now because we, many Christians, only look forward to the by and by, not the now and now. You can be healed now. You can be delivered now. You can be set free now. You can be made whole right now. You can be rescued right now. He doesn't need you to clean yourself up. You'll just make it more messy. Let him do it. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. And the more I started realizing that salvation is for here and now, you are saved and being saved. Why? Because for the rest of eternity, you will be saved and being saved. He's the one doing the work. He's the one cleaning you up. He's the one healing you. He's the one cleansing you. It's him. The more I realized that now, the more I started to look like Jesus now. Because he wants to make you more like him now. The one who is salvation wants to reign salvation over your life. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says this. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says this. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, what does Jesus mean? God is salvation. Yahweh saves. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Every time you speak the name of Jesus, you are literally proclaiming salvation. When you pray in Jesus' name, you are proclaiming salvation over your situation. You are proclaiming in the name of Jesus, I need help with this situation. What are you really saying? Jesus, I need you to rescue me. Jesus, I need you to deliver me. Jesus, I need healing. And this is why that song, I speak the name of Jesus over you, is so powerful. Because when you speak the name over, when you speak the name of Jesus over your family, you're speaking salvation over your family. When you see your friends broken in a situation and you speak Jesus over them, you're speaking healing, deliverance, wholeness, freedom. Everything the world needs is in Jesus. This is why Jesus said, pray in my name. 
Because everything I am, everything you need is in who I am. Because the fullness of of God (laughs) happily, rejoicingly dwelled within the body of Jesus Christ. So that now we as humanity would walk in sozo salvation. This is why we must speak the name of Jesus over our families, over our friends, because he is salvation. When you proclaim his name, you're proclaiming healing, deliverance, freedom, and wholeness over those who you love. Hebrews 7, 25. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he, is, since he always lives to make intercession for them. <laughs> Jesus is our rescuer. And his salvation is waiting for us right now. I believe that with my whole heart. It's waiting for us right now. And not only does he save us, <laughs> he saves us to the uttermost. You literally could not be more saved than you are right now. You can't be any more rescued than you already are in Jesus. There's assurance and confidence that his salvation is far more than sufficient to keep up.